is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. Turn, hand off to Minner, hit the backfield and drilled. Again, 13's there to make the tackle. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Strike three called, and the Huskers are the Big Ten Conference champions. Nonsense, got it! Underdog, and then one! Exclamation point! Now, your hosts, KLIN contributor, Cole Stukenholz, and sports director, Caleb Henry. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour, where every Saturday you get your first round pick of choices for sports talk radio right here in Lincoln. I might fall to the second. You've got some character issues. Those those front office guys just don't know what to make of that. They don't. <laughs> Your athletic skill set is there. Uh, you've got the uh, you've got the intangibles, but there's some question marks. Man, and that might he, cost you some money. Does he like to play Fortnite? <laughs> might not be watching film enough. I, pi- I I've picked. I'm, I'm I'm not necessarily sorry to say, but I will admit that I've picked up a little bit of a FIFA habit over the last few weeks. No, that's good. That's not a problem. Which is funny because that's actually going to boost your draft stock. We have it for the PS4, mm-hmm. and we also have the we have FIFA 19 for the PS4 and FIFA 20 for the Switch. My eight-year-old, when he saw me playing on the PS4, he started playing on the Switch. So now he's nonstop. There you go. It's like, who's better, this team or this team? And he's mispronouncing all these European, which. Of course, because they're European and he's Lester no or Bairn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the three people that get that. Leicester. Yeah. yeah. That's Caleb Henry. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. We're not going to talk about European soccer all day, just just for a couple of seconds here. Kenny Larrabee's here. He's got us up on the Facebook Live, at KLIN Huskers. And uh, big weekend, big show. We've got Chris Basnett joining us from the Lincoln Journal Star to talk all about it. Uh, we've got some baseball to hit. Huskers take a tough luck to a hit shutout oh, yesterday. Man. Shea Shanneman was brilliant. 110 pitches, 111 pitches. What do you end up? Seven at? innings. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. But gave up one home run, mm-hmm. one solo shot. It was a one nothing final. Tough to not be able to take advantage of a pitching performance like that. But it was good to see him put up a pitching performance like that. Just that 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 hitting. That hitting is it, it came around for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and they hit the ball well though yesterday. There were some hard hit balls. Yeah. Um it's hard to find some gaps. There was okay. If you didn't have the weird weather system yesterday with the wind coming out of the east, Nebraska has two home runs yesterday. And you don't know how, how everything else goes for the Iowa guys either. Um hundred and eleven pitches, yes. Yeah. So um fantastic performance. You you get a quality start out of Shea Shanneman, and you turn it over to the bullpen, and guess what? They're quality. They don't give stuff stuff up. Tyler I, Martin. I had the uh, game pulled up, and my fiance goes, wait a minute, it was just in the sixth inning. I go, I know. It's already in the ninth inning? I know. Mm-hmm. Like That thing was cruising. Um, but the bats, just they just didn't find gaps. And so at times, the ball just hung up too much in the air. You had, uh, was it Bryce Matthews and Leighton Banjoff both put it at the wall mm-hmm. um, into the wind, so you knew that thing was just going to hold up. Um, but you also have to look at who was on the other end. Nebraska scored 41 runs in three games between Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. They did not see a single pitcher close to what Iowa put on the hill yesterday. When you've got a guy who is in the seventh inning, eighth inning, still hitting 97, because he hasn't had to use a whole bunch of pitches, that's hard to that's hard to overcome, guys. Yeah. Um, so that was, and, and Bolt even said after the game, he said he's he is not upset at all with their performance because you weigh what they did defensively, and that's been an issue, um, not just going through pitchers, but guys having errors, um, but also they they did put the ball in play. It, it just it didn't find a hole, and sometimes it's just not your day, and you weigh it against. That's going to be a big league pitcher. Now, now, does he have an extended career in the major leagues? I don't know, but he's going to play minor league ball at the very least. Like that is a very good guy. And we look at what Nebraska had for pitching last year. You'd have taken this Iowa cat. You'd have taken this guy for sure. Yeah, Adam Azur, nine innings, two hit shutout, six strikeouts, two walks, 
just 102 pitches. He works so fast too. Mm. That that was that was a thing that I was getting a little bit frustrated with the Nebraska hitters. There was a couple of them that would get in and they'd be looking at the umpire calling time so that they could get set. Yeah. And then you got to the very end and this maybe showed a little bit of Max Anderson's youth because he is still he's just a sophomore. He's in his second year. Yeah. He gets into the box, his head is still down just a little bit. Missouri's already going. His feet he are work, in there. He works fast. Yeah. And that's one of the things, when, when pitchers are in a zone, and you could tell, Missouri was in a zone. As soon as he thinks you are ready to go, even if you're not, he's going. Well, it's not as soon as he thinks you're ready. It's as soon as your feet are in the box and he's legally well, able to go within you, the bounds of the rules. Yeah, you're ready in the sense that he's allowed to do He's this. not checking with the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that's and that, that's one of those things that... Because that game was moving so fast, Nebraska, and I know they take pitches, and you try to run up his pitch count a little bit, but he's throwing strikes. Mm -hmm. He's throwing sliders for strikes. He's throwing that hard fastball for strikes. So you get behind the count early if you're taking pitches. So now you're stuck with, I got to be swinging, I got to be watching first pitch fastball, trying to go at least get something in play. Um and it's just so hard when there's a pitcher who's in the zone, but you got to try to get him out of that rhythm um, at some point. A, a couple times, try calling time, um, try and just just mess him up just a little bit, get in his head a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, it's much easier said than done, uh, but when you've got a guy who's rocking through a game like that and is on his way to a complete game, when you get into that seventh and eighth inning at the very latest, probably should have been doing it earlier, but you got to be trying to call time as much as possible. Got to try to be um, just getting him off his rhythm a little bit. Um, a little gamesmanship. Yeah, a little, a little gamesmanship. Nothing that's going to be Bush League by any means, but you have to do something that's going to at least disrupt his rhythm enough that he can't just go boom, 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 and that inning is done in two, two minutes, not even. And then you guys are back out in the field. Now you're on your heels. Luckily, Shea Shanneman was throwing really, really well yesterday, and the defense was uh, playing pretty air-free for the most part. Yeah, no errors yeah. in the field, and and like you said, that that has that has burned Nebraska at times this season, and and so the fact that they were able to play a clean game in the field, pitch as well as they did, and and hold Iowa down to just a single, just one swing of the bat. Mm -hmm. That's the only run that was scored in the game. Uh, that that was. Like will, like you said, Will Bolt, you can't really be that upset about a performance like that when you just get mm -hmm. you get that type of pitching performance on the other side. And he knows what big league pitchers look like. Mm -hmm. think, think about where Bolt has coached before, where he's played before. Like he has seen what it looks like when there's a guy on the other side that is just really, really good. Mm -hmm. And that's what Nebraska came up against yesterday. So Huskers didn't get into the bullpen at all for the Hawkeyes yesterday. Um, so Hawkeyes are still fully fresh. Nebraska's still mostly fully fresh. Yeah. Um, but you go into a 2 o'clock game today, noon game tomorrow. We'll see what any of this looks like. The weather should be gone by the time we get to this afternoon. Still rainy on the drive into the studio this Yeah, morning. it's spitting. That wind is pretty good. Um, most of that uh, severe weather yesterday split. Around the city, which was amazing. Hashtag LNK Dome. Um, so you had the system coming from the south, system coming from the west, and the, the one from the west went to the north, and the one from the south just went to the east. So um, that all worked out there. And luckily, Nebraska did move that game up three and a half hours. Didn't have to deal with any of the rain, any of that extra wind, any of right. the lightning in the area. Um, but Nebraska today is going to have to try to get into Iowa's bullpen because that sets you up for an easier Sunday game. For sure. I mean, that that's always the strategy. Get to their bullpen at, at the beginning of a series, but Iowa threw a really good dude. <laughs> they didn't have to use any other arms. Well, guess what? They can't use him again. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, the, that's the plus side of that deal. And, and right, and, and Nebraska's in a good spot pitching-wise, too, so Iowa's going to be looking at the same type of strategy. Mm -hmm. and, and we're going to talk about this more as we go on uh, further into the show, uh, but the standings, it, it's going to be standings watch season uh, for, for the rest of this I season. Know. Uh, and, and it's going to be kind of looking and, and seeing and evaluating who's left on the schedule for the Huskers as well, because the matchups are going to matter, seeing where the other teams are in terms of, of how well they are positioned in the standings uh, to determine who gets to Omaha. And I'm not talking about College World Series Omaha. I'm talking about Big Ten Tournament Omaha, mm -hmm. because Nebraska is right on that line as of right now. 
as to whether or not they can get in there. So that is that is we'll break a little bit more of that down in depth as we go this morning. But to to be in that position, I mean, they're they're still in position to be able to do that. If you play well, if you play defensively like you did yesterday, if you are able to pitch like you did yesterday, and obviously Shea Shannon is not going to be able to go the rest of the weekend. But if you can if you can add more consistency to some of the things that they leaned on last year in terms of reliable pitching mm-hmm. and reliable defense, you you just need a few times where those bats come around in a timely manner. And obviously, Iowa is a lot better team than K-State or Omaha or North Dakota State and the, the teams that Nebraska has beaten recently. But there, there are other teams on the schedule yet on, in Big Ten play that are, are more beatable than the guy that you just saw on a Friday night for right. Iowa. And you can still go win this series. You, you yep. can st- you can still win this series, or like last weekend, um, go win on on Sunday if that's what it comes down to. Just win one of the games um, because you, you don't want to get swept. If you get swept, that that puts yourself into even more of a hole as you're trying to stay in position to make the conference tournament. And that that's goal number one right now. I know beginning of the season goals were you want to host a regional, guys. That's gone. Um, you want to make regionals. Well, before you can do that, you got to make the conference tournament because Nebraska's going to have to play its way into the postseason. Um, You're going to have to go small, small conference basketball tournament style. Like, yes, same, same deal. You're going to have to win like St. Peter's did to get in. Yeah, so so there, there's a little bit on, on the front end that Nebraska has to take care of business with. But what what you do have out in front of you is just go get a game this weekend. I know you you want to win the series, absolutely win the series if you can, but get a game. Start out with just getting a game, and then you get into a little bit easier on the opponent side of things. You've got some struggling Big Ten teams that Nebraska is going to be facing. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got nine games left after this weekend, so Nebraska is going to be in a good place to go get some of those wins against some of the bottom half teams in the Big Ten, and when you do that... That helps you separate a little bit from the bottom. Get yourself into that six, seven, eight spot and just get in. Get into the tournament and then you're in Omaha and you've got a home crowd up there because regardless of whatever your seat is, you have a home crowd in Omaha. Yes. And you can get weird with things. You you can find a way to make something happen from there. But goal number one right now is to make the conference tournament. And how do you do that? You just go get a game this weekend. Just a game this weekend. Just focus on that. If you get the one today, then it's okay. Let's go get the one tomorrow. And you just keep building from there. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh, that's what's on the docket for the weekend for the Huskers. Uh, again, 2 o'clock, first pitch today. So one thirty pregame right 1:30 here. thirty pregame. On KLIN. And, uh, of course, it is NFL Draft Weekend. And we, we've got some Huskers off the board. Uh, Cam times two in round two. Thought both of those guys were going were gonna to go yesterday, and, and they both went within eight picks of each other, nine picks nine of each picks other. Nine picks of each other, 51 and 60. Cam is number 51, and he went 51 overall. Mm-hmm. That's, that works out pretty well. Hopefully they got 51 available uh, within the uh, the Eagles jersey numbers. <laughs> uh, both of those stories are pretty cool. We'll dig into those a little bit with Chris Basnett uh, from the Lincoln Journal-Star uh, in our next segment. Uh, look at what you could be expecting from other Huskers, other former Huskers, today. Rounds four through seven. You're going to hear some undrafted free agency news as well, where some of these guys are going to end up mm-hmm. uh, starting out in their professional careers. So uh, best of luck to guys like Austin Allen, Samari Toure, Damian Daniels, uh, other guys like that. JoJo Doman may be the next one off the board yeah. uh, in terms of former Huskers. So uh, that all starts up later on today. And then Husker baseball uh, and some transfer portal news. It A is, lot uh, of portal news. It, it is the deadline. Uh, and, and so we'll uh, we'll dig into some of the specifics on that. Uh, where Huskers are coming and going, uh, and a big decision for a potential transfer portal guy coming to Nebraska uh, with a decision later on today. We'll get you set for all that here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. KLI and Husker Hour here on your Saturday morning on NFL Draft Weekend. A big baseball weekend, a home series against the Hawkeyes, and a guy who 
covers all of that and more for the Lincoln Journal Star joining us now. It's Chris Baznett from the Lincoln Journal Star, who's always a first rounder here on the show. Baz, good morning. How are you? Your uh, your advanced scouting department's got some real issues. If you think I'm a first rounder, so you might want to check <laughs> into that. You've got the intangibles, is what it is. We're not so much looking at the uh, the we we need a locker room guy. Is is what you we're looking like my for? Wife. You got the intangible. You don't look that great, but you've got the intangible. <laughs> we can hide you with a helmet. It's okay. Yeah. There you go. If we need, if we need to build some rapport on the team. We'll just have Baz take everybody out to the course. Just show yep. them how it's done. I think that could help, uh, right. help boost morale in the locker room. <laughs> so speaking of uh, first round grades and and whatnot, we we see two Huskers, former Huskers now, go off the board yesterday. Cam Taylor Britt and Cam Jurgens. Uh, with 51 and 50 and 60. Looking back now at that 3-9 and nine season, it's pretty evident that this was a pretty talented team that just underachieved. What is that? It's it's interesting that you're going to see, you're, I mean, you're going to see JoJo come off the board today, maybe Austin Allen, maybe Samari Toure. How is that going to affect the legacy of a season that just went horribly off the rails, but not so much that, it was, I mean, obviously Scott Frost kept his job. All of them were one score or 10, you know, 10 points or less. How does that affect the legacy of, of what happened last year to Nebraska in terms of all those close games? Yeah, I, I think it just, more than anything else, I think it just kind of confirms how bizarre last year was, right? Like we all knew there was talent. <laughs> Excuse me. We all knew there was talent on that team on both sides of the ball. We all knew Nebraska. We all watched it. Nebraska was in every game down to the end. And then they just, it was a, just an unbelievable string of either bad luck or self-inflicted wounds or whatever else it, you want to call it that, that led to the record that they had. It was obviously the first time in college football history that, that it, a season like that has happened with, with the three and nine record and a positive point differential and every game decided by, like you said, 10 points or less, all but one of them by one score. Or yeah, I think all yeah, most of them by yep. one score. But yeah, but it, I think I think we all could see the individual talent on that team. But what what has happened yesterday? What's going to happen today? It just confirms that that last season was just so bizarre and so out of nowhere that that we had never <laughs> seen before. We might not see it again for a while. Baz, the, on on one hand, there's going to be some people say that it was the coaching staff clearly not taking taking advantage of the talent that they had. Um, we've seen the coaching staff get shaken up here since the uh, the end of the season, even a couple weeks with the season left to go. Um, but how much can the, the coaches in Nebraska use this draft and say, hey, there hasn't been the success on the field as a team, but we're still developing guys for the NFL. You can still come here and be an NFL prospect. Sounds a lot like Fred Hoiberg's team to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it oh, sent boy. a couple guys to the going to have to send a couple guys to the NBA. Maybe have a first rounder this year. It's yeah, you can develop here. There's no question about that. And 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 Cam and Cam and Cam both going in the second round yesterday. You know, the highest draft picks for Nebraska in, in quite some time. It, it shows that that this coaching staff recognizes talent certainly and and obviously can develop talent moving cam jurgens from tight end to center and turning him into a second round pick you know it, it shows that that there this coaching staff does have the ability to to do some of those things now they need more guys than what they are going to get drafted this weekend to to take that next step you need more talented guys like that but at the same time look at where nebraska was headed before this coaching staff and and the drought of of you know, you end the long streak of of having a player drafted there a few years ago. Uh, you've you've still got the drought of of not having a first round pick going for a while, but you got a lot closer this year than you have been. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, the record is what it is. There's no doubt about that. But from a player to player standpoint, from an individual standpoint, yeah, this coaching staff has shown it can develop guys for the NFL. Yeah, the first second round picks since 2015, when another couple of second rounders went, Randy Gregory and Amir Abdullah from Bo Pelini's last team. Uh, and the highest pick was Cam Jurgens. The highest pick since Prince uh, went in round one in 2011. So, Baz, kind of looking at other departures, not NFL-wise, but portal-wise, uh, Nebraska's uh, looking to fill a few more holes now, uh, especially on the D-line and the linebacker room. We we knew about the Casey Rogers departure uh, last week. Uh, Damian Jackson's came this week. Uh, he wasn't as much of a, a contributor as, as Rogers was or would have been, I don't think, but... What 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 are you, what is your outlook right now on the the defensive side 
just in terms of what's taken place the last few weeks after spring ball, the portal, knowing that O'Shawn Mathis has a decision to make, uh, the Huskers are targeting a couple of other D linemen from from the SEC. What is your outlook right now on the the front and in the front seven in particular? You know, it, it's actually not bad. I think the departures yesterday, which kind of opened up a couple more scholarships. I think Nebraska is now at eighty two. Uh, the allotted eighty five probably tells you they feel pretty good about landing some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's O'Shawn Mathis, whether it's the Texas Tech transfer, whether it's somebody else, that they, they obviously feel like they're in a pretty good position to get those guys and you can't get those guys unless you have the scholarships to get them. And now you've got them. So right now at nine 22 AM on Saturday, it, it may not look great because those guys aren't in the fold yet, but who knows, you know, 12 hours from now, maybe it looks totally different. And, and you've got O'Shawn Mathis in the fold. You've got Devin drew in the Devin drew in the fold, maybe another one. We'll just have to see how that goes. But yeah, I, I think it looks a lot. The picture looks a lot better now than it maybe did, you know, two weeks ago. Or, or right after the spring game, because I think you kind of are starting to see the plan come together a little bit as far as having the openings, the, the targets Nebraska is going after, the, the fact that they're still very much in it for a guy like O'Shawn Mathis, I, I think tells you a lot. So it's, it's, you still got to get those guys and you got to get them on campus and they got to pan out, but I feel a lot better about it than I did, you know, a month ago. And today is that deadline tonight at midnight to get in the portal and be eligible for this fall and winter sports. Um, are you expecting any more attrition, not just today, but throughout this off season? Cause guys can still hit the portal after today. They just, um, wouldn't necessarily be eligible for, for this fall. Yeah, I, I think it's a deal where it's just it's never going to stop, right? I, and, I, and I cover basketball, so I'm more familiar with that side of it. But there's over 1,500 guys in the transfer portal in, just in basketball mm-hmm. right now. And it's, it's, it's something that even if you don't get in by midnight tonight, say you go in the portal on Tuesday or whatever, there's a good chance you're probably going to get a waiver to be able to play next year anyway yeah. uh, for a lot of these guys. So. <laughs> It's it's a it's a deadline, yes, but I put the biggest quotation marks in the universe around that because a lot of these guys I think are going to be playing next year no matter what. So yeah, I mean, it's just this is where it's at right now. We're kind of seeing the the evolution of the portal and the NIL stuff and, and players moving around. We're seeing that kind of right in front of us right now, and it, and it can it can look messy. And, and you look at the numbers of it, and you just kind of shake your head a little bit at at how many guys there are and, and all this stuff that's going on. But at the same time. This was going to happen when, when all this stuff went into place. There's going to be times where it, it looked crazy and it looked disorganized, and maybe it is to some extent, but th- this is part of the growth of this whole thing, and I think it's only going to continue now. Speaking of basketball, how, how are you feeling about Juwan Gary uh, go, going into the, the Nebraska men's basketball team? He's he's not going to shoot lights out on anything, but he just looks like a bruiser, even though he's a little bit undersized. Tells you, uh, I think, the direction Nebraska's trying to go with recruiting because, like you said, he's a bruiser, freak athlete, you know, a guy that's going to play super, super hard, mm-hmm. um, a guy that's going to have toughness, a guy that can defend multiple positions uh, in the matchup zone that Nebraska's probably going to employ this season. And I think it just kind of signals a switch. It, is Nebraska still going to want to get shooters? Of course they are. You know, they're, they're trying to get Baylor Shireman, who shot mm-hmm. 47% from three last year. They're still going to look for those guys. But at the same time, I think Fred Hoiberg's, it's almost, again, it's almost like football. You can keep comparing these two sports. They've kind of figured out that the way they did it the first three years with, with, the, with the style and the players they had probably wasn't going to work. And 9-50 and 50 in the Big Ten makes that pretty clear, that, that it's not going to work. So, yeah, I, I'm not saying every guy they're going to get is going to look like Jawan Gary, but it, it's they're going to have more guys like that. And, and this is a guy that's going to come in and play a big role right away. I want to get to baseball, but first give the people your odds on Baylor Shireman ending up at Nebraska, Aurora native out of South Dakota State. Uh, look, I think it, it's kind of like the O'Shawn Mathis thing. Nebraska's got a shot, and, and there's you know there's maybe a lot of people when he first went in the portal that said, ah, no way. You know, it, it's going to be you know, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Kansases, whatever. And it still might be. Uh, look, he can he can have his pick where he wants to go in, anywhere in the country. But, look, he's he's from an hour down the road. He's He grew up watching Nebraska. He's He saw Sam Greasel transfer in here. Um, mm-hmm. there's there, Nebraska's got a real shot at this. And we talk about developing guys for the next level. And I, I kind of half-jokingly mentioned the basketball team. Well, guess what Fred Hoiberg does? He gets guys ready for the next level, and that's where Baylor Shireman wants to be. And 
look, it's a situation where he might just stay in the draft and not go anywhere, depending on on the feedback he gets during his workouts and things like that. And and this is all a moot point. But at the same time, Nebraska's got a shot with with the coach they have, with the style they play, with the role they're going to let Baylor Shireman have, with a lot of freedom to be creative, to be the player he was at South Dakota State, but but do that on a bigger stage. I I don't I don't know if I can put a number on it, but Nebraska's going to be right in it right down to the end. I think they got a real shot at getting him. Chris Baznett, Lincoln Journal star, covering everything over there. Uh, we're going to switch gears to baseball and uh, tough luck loss yesterday with Shea Shannon going seven strong, but uh, just couldn't overcome the uh, the the great start, the complete game two hitter from uh, Iowa's Mazur. Uh, tell us that Iowa does not have any other pitchers that are going to do that to the lineup, and is is it still looking okay in terms of the the rest of the season schedule? Uh, as well as the way the other guys in the standings, the other teams in the standings shake out, uh, that the Nebraska can still make that top eight and get to Omaha for the Big Ten tournament. Well, first, the bad news, I always got about six guys that can do that to Nebraska on, on their pitching staff, and, <laughs> including the guy that's going to start today. You know, it's it's yeah. a staff that is is one of the best in the nation in, in holding teams down from, from a hits per nine inning standpoint, from a strikeouts per nine inning standpoint. They're as good as anybody in the country. And... and what what are the two things Nebraska's offense has struggled with this year? Stringing together hits, striking out a lot. It, it's kind of a strength versus weakness type thing. I know Nebraska's been hot offensively the the three games previous to last night, but you saw it. And, and Nebraska, they did. And, and Will both said they hit some balls hard. And, and maybe on a day when the wind's not blowing in from left field, maybe Nebraska wins that game two to one. Yeah. You know, and it were it's a totally different mindset this morning. But that's the way it goes. Nebraska. Can they win this series? Yeah, absolutely. They're going to need to produce more, obviously, than they did yesterday. But it, it's going to be tough. Iowa's pitching staff is is really, really, really good. I mean, it's probably the best in the Big Ten, if, if, if at least in the top two. So it's Nebraska's going to have to find a way to, to manufacture some runs. As far as the the standings, I think you take this weekend what you can get out of it. I think if Nebraska can win one game, they're they're probably going to be happy. Obviously, you want to win the series. Uh, you want to do that every weekend, but if you can get one off a team that's ahead of you, you'll take that because you you look at what's down the road. You know, Michigan State at home to end the season that doesn't scare you. Three at Minnesota, who's who's in year two of just a just a horrific slump for that program. Mm-hmm. Three at Illinois is going to be tough. I, I don't know how good Illinois is, but Nebraska will have a shot. You know, in that series too, Illinois lost to Indiana last night in their series opener. So there's there's games out there that are winnable. For Nebraska, and you look at the teams that are kind of right there around Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, you know, and Northwestern got a got a perfect game thrown against them last night. Yeah. Penn State traditionally not a power. <laughs> Purdue started strong, has really fallen off a cliff since they've gotten into conference play. So, yeah, Nebraska's right there. It, the, the record is what it is. The season's been what it's been. But the teams around Nebraska, the teams Nebraska has left, they're good. I think in, unless things go completely in the tank, Nebraska's going to be in this thing down to the final weekend. All right, Baz, last question. About an hour and a half, we're going to get the fourth round of the NFL draft going. Over, under on one and a half Huskers being taken today in rounds four through seven. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll take the over. I say there's two that get picked. I think JoJo's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think it'll be one of Austin Allen or Samari Toure that also gets picked. So, okay. So I'll say over. All right. I like it. Life's too short to take the unders. That's, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's true. We we always take the over with topics we cover with Chris Baznett because he covers everything <laughs> over there uh, at the Journal Star. Uh, thanks again for joining this morning and enjoy the weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. And it's Chris Baznett uh, joining us, uh, hitting football, basketball, baseball. We probably could have NFL draft hit a little golf, a little scouting. Yeah, we well, yeah, we, we definitely could have hit golf with Baz. It's <laughs> right up his alley. We could have hit like Central Nebraska counties with all the the severe weather stuff that you had going. Oh, yesterday. for sure. Yeah, he he, he knows his way around. He's from my my neck of the woods. We'd have been fine. That's right. I was born <laughs> in your neck of the woods, but I won't claim it. Yeah. Just, only only when we've got like you know everybody in the room with like Jeff Ekstrom in here out of Carney and right. that sort of stuff. Yep. <laughs> then we then we're all Central Nebraska guys. Man, we got a lot more portal talk. We got a lot more on where the guys are for the NFL draft, where they're sitting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lot to get to. Stick around. <laughs> it's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. 
just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Talking with current and former Huskers and those that cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1499.3 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour. Just uh, had Chris Baznett on the show with us from the Journal Star. Talking NFL Draft. Baseball weekend. If you missed any of that. Or anything else here on the show, you can always head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can see us at KLIN Huskers on Facebook and Twitter. And we got the Facebook Live going right now, actually, with Kenny Larrabee helping us out with that, as always. And as we as we get closer to round four, and rounds four through seven are today for the NFL draft, and then the, the undrafted free agent news will, will kind of trickle in as well. A few Huskers were waiting to hear their name called, yeah. seeing that phone ring, and uh, I, I think JoJo Doman probably the next one, and and then maybe you've got a, a few at the tail end. Um, I you set the line at one and a half for Baz. I think I might even take the over on two and a half. Really? Because I like both Austin Allen and Samari Toure to to hear their names selected uh, late in the in the draft. I don't know what what your thoughts are on that. If well, there's there's a lot of it comes into team needs, right? Um, and so that can. <laughs> Guys can go off the board, and then a team can decide that they're better off trying to grab an undrafted free agent, and they can go try to fill a different team need. Um, and it can all change in the course of a pick. Um, you you might see somebody go at, uh, let's just say, pick 189, and the team that was at 190 was like, oh, we wanted to fill that that spot, but now this guy's available, so we won't take what would have been a Husker type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so So there's a lot that goes into it. As we stand, 157 picks are left. 157 picks are going to go off the board today. Um, Jojo Doman almost went off the board yesterday. He was in, he was in the ballpark of going off the board yesterday. You saw a run one of the hot, one of the top linebackers on the board, right? Well, now. yeah, and you saw a run of linebackers start yeah. to happen there uh, in that third round. Um, and he's the top rated outside linebacker. He's been the top rated outside linebacker since uh, like early on in the third round when I looked. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the 103rd overall pick. Um, and we're already past the 103rd pick, so you can kind of, kind of look at those and go, oh, he's he's ballpark going to be going. I think he is going to go in the fourth round. Um, if he doesn't go in the fourth, he's definitely going in the fifth. He won't fall further than that. Well, and his versatility is is going to be attractive to quite a few teams. Yes, I mean he 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 was able to play basically the 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 linebacker role and was listed in his senior season on the depth chart as a nickel mm-hmm. here at Nebraska. You thought he was going to play safety for his early part of his career. So he he's got the ability to play DB, he can play nickel, he can play linebacker, he I don't can even, rush the passer. I don't even think he can that's do all where, those different things. That's not where he's even most useful to an NFL organization right now. Special teams. Oh, oh, for sure. Because what you can do, because he can do all of those things, which, by the way, he's the 14th best available prospect left in the draft, according to Mel Kuyper. And that's the rankings I'm going off here, ESPN's Mel Kuyper Jr. Yeah. Um, or as when Trev Alberts was drafted back in 1994 and the Colts GM said, who the hell is Mel Kuyper? Um, that was a fun video to watch the, earlier this week. Um, but for JoJo, he can add depth at so many different positions and learn all of those, and he's so smart that he can pick all of those up. But he can be a regular special teams guy, and guess what? You can make an NFL career out of being a special teams guy who can step into those other positions if need be. Mm-hmm. Because he can play those linebacker positions. He can go out and guard someone. Um, now he does got to work a little bit on the quickness, um, and you can fix some of that with technique. 
because he, he does give up uh, getting burned sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are really quick guys he's trying to guard, but the corners should be the ones guarding those guys anyway. Right. He's just not far enough out there being the, the hybrid position that he is. But I expect JoJo to go this morning. A couple other guys that are ranked. Austin Allen is the number 14 tight end available, uh, 291 overall, and 186th best available um, for today. Damian Daniels is a number 18 D tackle available. 343 is his overall rank, and he's the 238th best available. Now, for Markel Dismuke, safety and wide receiver Samori Toure, mm-hmm. um, they don't show up on Mel Kuyper Jr.'s rankings. Yeah, But Toure can fit a need at wideout. Um, and this is a wideout heavy uh, draft already. Yes. So for, for Toure, he's already at a little bit of a disadvantage because a lot of the teams that are trying to fill wide receiver needs – there was a run on those dudes in the first round. Um, but if you're trying to fill that need, you want to have extra guys that you can look at. Um, so I don't know if I would go, like if you put that line at two and a half, I don't know that I'd go that far. JoJo's going to get drafted. Yeah, I'm wondering where if Austin Allen is going to get drafted. After that, I see three other guys that are going to be picked up very quickly as undrafted free agents. Yeah, But... It's draft day. Mm-hmm. Anything could happen. Guys can all of a sudden, you could get three Huskers go in the seventh round. Only takes one. It only takes one. Right. By the way, did you watch that phone call between, um, between Zach, Zach Taylor, Taylor. and yes. uh, Cam Taylor Britt? Yeah. Very cool stuff. Everyone's saying, hey, you got your Husker. Got your Husker, um, yeah. Watching Taylor Britt obviously break down in front of family and friends. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's the work that these guys put in. Um, I know... Jurgens and Taylor Britt both could have had an extra year to come back because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But they did their four years. They did their time. Um, they they would have, outside of COVID, that would have been their time wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Now, it obviously worked out for a guy like JoJo mm-hmm. to have that extra year to come back. But for the two cams, man, they, they put in their time. They developed. They got better. Cam Taylor Britt could have actually tested out the NFL a year ago. But instead, he came back. Now is a second rounder. These guys have got some great signing bonuses coming their way. Mm-hmm. Now you got to get to the the fall camp. You got to go through the 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 rookie offseason trainings. Go make that roster in a way that you are um, going to get plenty of reps, plenty of playing time. Because you you watch these guys come in as freshmen and you think, what could they be? What could they be? Um, Cam Jurgens is a guy that I saw play in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, both football and basketball. Um, Probably so a little track and field. I saw him throw at state track and field. <laughs> I bet you did. Um, like he was just a dude of an athlete, and, and you watch some of those guys, and you go, "Man, that that's a special kind of athlete. That's a special kid right there." On when he was drafted, uh, I was I had it on NFL Network, and and they actually showed some of his high school shot put throws. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Mike Sauter's Twitter page. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they they definitely were hitting on that. Like I don't know if it was three time discus four-time shot put yep. state champ or vice versa mm-hmm. uh, but they were definitely touting his track and field throwing skills and and just the explosive nature of of how he operates at and he's, he's a competitor that's what yes. you get from multi-sport athletes you see that they are competitors across the board not just in the one sport that they've played and cam cam taylor Britt was even saying last year he's like you guys want me to play quarterback yeah like those are competitive dudes yeah. who bet on themselves like and that's what you do when you go play a sport no matter where it is you are betting on yourself and to stick around a program like this not give up on it not give up on themselves in their second round draft picks that's special to see and we're going to see JoJo go today and hopefully one or two other guys with another thing on Jurgens that that I saw on social media Jason Kelsey is the Eagles center uh, the older brother for Travis Kelsey yeah that was his that was his uh that the, they were saying he was most similar to right yeah so Jason Kelsey was talking to somebody about the Eagles draft process, and he basically said, they've asked me, the Eagles organization asked me to watch tape on some center prospects that they were looking at for the draft each of the last three drafts. Kelsey picked Juergens in this draft as, look, this is the guy that I see most of me in. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to replace me with somebody that's like me, Right. This is the guy to go get. That's pretty cool. I mean, Jason Kelsey's got a Super Bowl (laughs) ring. He's been an all pro or a pro bowler at the very least. Mm -hmm. Really good at his at his craft. 
And he he touts Jurgens as the guy he sees most of himself in. Uh, pretty pretty validating for yeah. for Cam Jurgens. Well, and let's let's real quick just take us back to 2019, mm. 2020. Some of those snap issues and people saying it's a yeah. mistake to have him at center. Should have left him at tight end. Yeah. He he can't carry the weight that he has right now. Should have just stayed lighter and stayed at tight end. And um, you you you're hurting the whole team. You've ruined him as an athlete. And this is a lot of people talking. About Scott Frost yeah. and what in the transition he had Cam uh, Jurgens go through, but there's a lot of validation right now because he is a second rounder. Um, and for some of us that like we had talked about Cole, you and I were talking before the show that we had talked about Cam Jurgens as a guy who might might leave the program after the season ended. And there were some people who said, no, he's, he's going to come back for another year. He's going to work with Rayola. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's going to improve that draft stock, that, which obviously we can see there's not a lot could have been improved um, if you go in the second round. Um, so he's a guy who made the right decision. There was so much said on social media about Cam Jurgens that he was making the wrong decision. He's not going to get drafted, and then he's just going to be left out there. Yeah. Cam Jurgens 100% made the right decision. Yeah. Um, and it was obviously a decision he was going to be happy with, but now he's so validated with that. And the coaching staff is absolutely validated um, with the switch that they made. Um, and obviously, Jurgens is a special athlete, and they, they saw what was best for his future and went about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, and a couple more things on, on the couple of the guys that are potentially going to go today. With Austin Allen, I think the appeal is you just don't have a lot of guys as, as athletic as he is at six foot eight. So the size is going to mm-hmm. be really enticing to a team that they they may have tight end settled, but they might want somebody else they can have. And you know, in terms of you know finding right down the seam, big target, red zone, what what have you. And then with Samari Toure, he's done it at Montana. He came in in one year at Nebraska and made an instant impact. So you you can see the ability to pick things up quickly. That's going to be appealing. Plus, when he was at the Shrine Bowl. He had a uh, he had a great week of mm-hmm. practice. He was getting targeted and, and singled out uh, by a lot of the scouts that were down there, and he scored two touchdowns right in that game. So, if you want somebody who you can easily integrate into your offense quickly, um, I, I think he shows that that he has the ability to do that. Yeah, based on what he did at Nebraska and based on what he did at the, in the week at the Shrine Bowl too. Absolutely. So. Uh, so that's a little bit of NFL draft primer for you. Rounds four through seven today. We'll see if any more Huskers get their names called and win. Uh, good luck to all of them, uh, especially with the you know further on undrafted free agency wise. Uh, Stanley Morgan, a couple years ago, he did that undrafted free agent, stuck on special teams, went to the Super Bowl last year. So uh, good luck to all of them. Uh, when we come back, a uh, little bit more specifics on uh, what what the rest of the road looks like. For Nebraska in terms of making the Big Ten tournament, getting into postseason and having a shot at continuing their season. And a lot um, of portal movement. A lot more portal. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you the details on all that as well. That's all coming up here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Stick with us. Bambi.com slash report. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Getting down to it for Husker baseball and uh, the baseball season in general at the college level. And and Caleb, as we've been talking, just you and I and, and with Baz as well, it's down to whether or not Nebraska can make that top eight mm-hmm. and, and get to the, the Big Ten tournament in Omaha. Um, and, and so uh, I thought it'd be uh, beneficial to run through what we're looking at in terms of you know who who's where in the standings and, and what Nebraska has left on the docket right now. Uh, Nebraska is fourth from the bottom. Uh, they're they're behind Indiana right now. Indiana is in that or no Northwestern's in the eighth spot. Indiana's ninth. Nebraska's tenth. Nebraska and Indiana tied with a, a five and eight record. Northwestern one fewer game at five and seven. Mm-hmm. It's tight right there in the the middle to to least to last third of the standings. Uh, and and Nebraska will have a couple of series with those teams as well, and those are of, yeah. of uh, great importance. Iowa and Illinois are third and fourth. Those are the best two teams left on their schedule. Two more with Iowa, and obviously the three-game series with Illinois yet to go to. Yep, and then you've got Minnesota next weekend. Last place in the conference. Last place. So you, you can you, you can make gotta, up. 
you got to get two or three, if not a sweep. Yeah, so you can make up some ground there. Yeah. So obviously you're at home with Iowa. You got next week at Minnesota, at Illinois, as you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, a midweeker with Oral Roberts. Obviously that doesn't count in the Big right. Ten standings. And then you close out at home with Michigan State. And they're behind you in the standings as well right now. So you have got, after, after this weekend, two of your three remaining series are the bottom feeders in the league for this year. Mm-hmm. You have to get those. It, four out of six and you win both series, that's that's great. Probably going to have to sweep at least one of them, yeah. um, depending on how things go the rest of this weekend and then at Illinois. Yeah. Um, you would hope you can get one this weekend, one at Illinois. It'd be nice if you could win one of those series. So let's say you're at two more wins, um, and then you get five of six between Minnesota and Michigan State. That's got you at seven more wins. I think that gets you in. You're going to be on the line. It's going to be dependent on how some other series go, but seven more wins, you're definitely in the conversation of going to the conference tournament, which is a very weird thing compared to what we were talking about before the season. Um, But you're in the position right now. So start just saying, hey, this is where where the line is. When, when you're talking about like Major League Baseball and you're chasing the end of the year where those magic numbers are, mm-hmm. I think seven's the magic number right now, starting today. Yeah, and in terms of the other teams that they're around in the, in the standings, uh, Baz mentioned it. I mean, Northwestern's taken on Maryland. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern is one of those two teams ahead of them that's, that's in the eighth spot right now. Uh, they... Perfect game yesterday uh, against Maryland, uh, and and so hopefully the Terps can take care of business uh, against Northwestern in, in terms of Nebraska's hopes. Um, <clears throat> then you've got Indiana is, is another team right there tied in the standings uh, with Nebraska. So looking at those two teams, you you want them to to falter a little bit. Purdue is right there, and and Penn State above them. Uh, Penn State will be a little bit tougher to catch, uh, and Nebraska doesn't play them down the stretch here either. But uh, yeah, that that's what you're looking at. Uh, and and so, like we were talking about earlier, if you can get one today or tomorrow against Iowa, um, then then you've got your stretch run set up with nine games left. Um, and and look, getting to Omaha is is the goal. They're going to have a short drive. Mm-hmm. They're going to have familiarity with the park. Uh, some of these guys who who played in it uh, in what was it twenty nineteen? I think was it was their last right. And and then you have, obviously, a, a home... It's going to be a home crowd if Nebraska does make it in there, too. So, Shea Shanneman, just just to spell out the, the possibility of what Nebraska can get, I mean, if you, if you want to let yourself dream a little bit, Jack Mitchell style. <laughs> You've got Shea Shanneman, who has, has definitely shown a propensity for, for nice, good starts. Uh, Dawson McCarville at times has done that. Cody Frank has been Big Ten Pitcher of the Week. Uh, based on his starting pitching as well, if you can if you can put some hitting together to go along with a strong start like that, you can beat almost any team in the league. Yeah, Rutgers swept him earlier, obviously, and and Iowa is going to be a tough out the next two days. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that Nebraska gets in. They can make some noise in Omaha mm-hmm. if they were to make it there. It's not they're not done yet. They've still got a path. Yeah, to get to the Big Ten tournament, and then they've got a path to make it and, and extend their season if they if they do make it there. And there are teams that are fighting for that top spot in the league mm-hmm. um, that want Nebraska to either not make it or become a seven. Yeah, they don't want to have. You don't want to be that top seed. And yes, obviously you'd still be favored, but you don't want to take on a, an entire home crowd. Yeah, when you're there. Right. You don't want to be the under, not the underdog, but the, the team that everybody's cheering against, mm-hmm. that type of environment. And, I mean, as, as tough as this season has been, this staff was the same staff that led this program to a Big Ten title last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the guys who are playing an everyday role for this team have experience in late season success. It could click for some of the young guys, some of the guys that are newer into their roles. Garrett Anglum, uh, Nick Wimmers, Luke Sartori, Core Jackson. Uh, these guys could see some, the light bulb could come on late for them. Yeah. 
they they've got experience at some of these places in the lineup and and some of the places out on the diamond and and if the pitching can stay consistent enough if they can keep the defense more on track like what you saw yesterday against Iowa uh defense hasn't burned them for a while knock on wood mm-hmm. that's that's where that path lies so it it's not out of the realm of possibility uh that they could make that happen and make a little bit of a run here late in the year get to that tournament in Omaha and let's get and weird make some noise yeah Weirder, weirder things have happened. <laughs> you never know. Weird, weird things like a, a major men's sport at Nebraska being successful. Uh, baseball's the last one to do it. Just as recently as last year, they could turn their fortunes around. Mm. All right, we'll get uh, we'll get you the uh, when we uh, come back the last uh, uh, segment of the show. Transfer portal news: who's who's leaving? Who's who's maybe coming? Uh, that's all. What we're going to do to wrap up the show next here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1499.3 KLIN. Three o'clock today. You will know the destination of O'Shawn Mathis. Yep. TCU defensive end transfer who's going to be going to either Nebraska or Texas. And uh, Texas has Gary Patterson there on their staff, former TCU head coach. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska's got Brian Applewhite. They've had him in here for a visit at the spring game. It might be close for Nebraska. It'd still be a tough pull to get him out of the state of Texas, I think. Right, and, and you can the thing that you can point to is what Chenander has done with this defense um, that you are playing against uh, Big Ten teams that maybe you can show off a little bit better than against Big 12 teams. I'm still not the most impressed with the Big 12 as a league, yeah. um, as as a whole, compared to what, what you see in the Big Ten. Obviously, Texas will eventually be in the SEC, but that's not this next season. right? Um, and then Nebraska's got that, that line depth, where, where you can say, hey, you can stand out for sure Yes, um, on this front seven. So um, we'll definitely get that decision. Tonight is your deadline to 100% um, be, be eligible, eligible for, for, next for next year. As Baz was saying earlier, you're most likely still going to be eligible. But uh, Transfer Portal hit Nebraska several sports um, over this past week. Maddie Kroll officially added to women's basketball. She's originally uh, from uh, Omaha area. Went, spent the last couple of years at South Dakota. Juwan Gary out of Alabama added to the men's basketball team. Volleyball lost Keone Leakana into the transfer portal. Probably wants to find somewhere that she can play libero because mm-hmm. um, she was obviously lost as a defensive specialist in that rotation. Um, also, maybe somewhere that wants to have a championship beach season. Nebraska yeah. doesn't have that. Football also lost Latrell Neville, Damian Jackson, and Chris Walker. Um, possibility of seeing some more today. Yeah. D-lineman targeting Nebraska. We might see some news in addition to O'Shawn Mathis this weekend. All right. Uh, hey, happy birthday, Katie. Love you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Go Big Red.